It's very good to see you all here this morning. My name is Dave, and I am the lead pastor here at Connect Church. Thank you, Dan, for those incredible announcements. He did a great job. Uh, we just, you know, pay these guys big bucks, and uh, in they come, and they do a wonderful job. You know, um, we're going to talk a little bit about volunteers this morning, and it reminds me of a story of a politician. Um, I heard this story told of this politician. He was very famous, and um, what he was probably most famous for, and we're in that season right here in America right now with the elections coming up. This particular politician was very famous for the speeches that he gave. He was just a wonderful um, orator, and uh, he spoke well, but the content of his speeches, he was just so well-spoken. And people were always commending him. What people didn't realize was that he never wrote any of his own speeches. He actually had this guy who was a speechwriter who did a fantastic job at writing these very eloquent speeches. And um, he got so confident, this politician, in this speechwriter's ability to write for him, that he stopped even reading them. He would just arrive at an event, and he would just grab the speech, and he'd step up onto the podium, he'd unfold his manuscript, and he'd start to read, and the people would go, wow, that was a great speech, and they'd congratulate him and pat him on the back, and he would take in all the praise, and, and the speechwriter, he was kind of looking on thinking, you know what? This guy's getting a lot of credit for the stuff that I'm writing. And he'd be in interviews. They'd say, you're such a great speech giver. He says, I know. I love giving speeches. And so finally, one day, the, the speechwriter went to this politician. He said, listen, um, I don't think I'm getting paid enough. You know, you're, you're becoming famous for your speeches. I'd, I'd like to get a pay raise. This politician says, absolutely not. He says, I'm the person they're coming to see. It's not your speeches, it's about me. I mean, yeah, you write the stuff, but they're coming to see me. No, you're being paid quite enough. Now stop complaining and keep writing. So, yeah, off he goes to his next event. And uh, this particular event, there's uh, several hundred um, elderly people, retired people that he's speaking to. This is a very key area, key demographic that he's hoping to win their votes. And uh, as normal, he doesn't even check out the script as he's stepping up onto the stage. His, his script writer hands him the manuscript, and, and he starts on page one, and he starts this, this introduction. He has them laughing. He has them crying. I mean, he's just connecting with this group. They just love him. And he gets down to the bottom of page one, and he's got hundreds of these retired people. He says, and I want to lay out to you today the reason why you should vote for me. If you should vote for me, I'm going to lay out for you my 20-point plan of how I am going to reform your lives, how I'm going to change things for you in this 20-point plan that I'm excited to introduce to you today. And he turns over the page to his next page of his script and there's nothing there at all, except in red Sharpie, a little line that says, you think you can do this on your own? Good luck. I quit. <laughs> and there he is, having to come up with 20 things to tell these people. So I, I say that to say, you know, we have some amazing people here at Connect who work behind the scenes, who do an awful lot. And uh, we get credit, some of us who stand on the stage here. But the reality is there are dozens of people that, uh, because of the time they give on a regular basis, they make um, Connect Church what it is. And I'm so grateful to them. And I want to make sure they know this morning, I'm very, very grateful. I'm not going to take any of that praise myself. I couldn't do it without them. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that this morning because we're in a series right now, and this particular series is called A Questionable Life. 
If you're visiting here at Connect, we'd like to kind of work through, um, you know, four or five weeks at a time through a particular series, and it helps us kind of follow some continuity. And this series, A Questionable Life, it's, it's looking at the idea that if we are followers of Christ, if we're here this morning and we would say that we are a follower of Jesus, and maybe you're not, and you are very welcome to be here this morning, maybe you're kind of checking things out, but there are some here this morning, many this morning, who have made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. And I think it should be our desire as followers of Christ to live differently. That we should actually live a little differently than those around us who maybe haven't made that decision. So much so that it would actually cause our neighbors and our friends and our family members, maybe even our work colleagues, to question what it is about us. What is it about you? There's, there's something different about you. Why do you respond that way? Or, or in that moment where everyone else was behaving this way, why is it that you didn't? You were able to behave differently. You see, I think as followers of Jesus, we should be living the kind of life that would cause people to want to ask questions. Because if they're not asking questions, then maybe we're not living that differently. Throughout this series, over the last few weeks, we've looked at the life of one person in particular who lived a very questionable life. A life that caused people on a regular basis to want to ask him questions. And that was Jesus. Jesus lived so counterculturally, he was so different to the society in which he found himself, that all the time it, it caused people to ask questions. We've looked at some of those questions over the last few weeks. The questions that his, his critics and his friends, his family and his enemies, the questions that they asked. And this morning, we're going to look at another question that one of the disciples asked Jesus. And it came in a very unique situation. It came at a time, and you might be familiar with this particular time, where the disciples gathered with Jesus for a meal, and it was just the 12 of them and Jesus. And it was actually the last time that they were going to eat together. It was just a very small group. There may have been some others, but as we read the story, it really just talks about the interaction between Jesus and his 12 disciples. But we do know that it was in a private room where they met together. And in this particular environment, you may know this, um, in Bible times, it was a, a very different world than we live in today. So there were no paved roads. It would have been all dirty and dusty, and animals would have been all over the road. So there was, you know, animal stuff all over the roads. And, uh, and they walked around in sandals, open-toed sandals. Now, on top of that, when people would come to someone's home to eat, they wouldn't sit at a table and chairs like you and I would today. In that culture, in that Middle Eastern culture, they would kind of recline and just, you know, take food from a table. And, and so basically, they're lying down, and their feet are in each other's faces, okay? So these feet that have been walking all around, they're up in each other's faces, you know. So, so what would happen in a home is there would be a servant at the door to meet you, and there would be a bowl of water and a towel and a, um, and a jug of water. And that servant, probably the lowest servant in the home, he or she would wash the feet of the guests so that as you ate your dinner, you didn't have to kind of look down at some stinky foot right up in your face as you're trying to eat your uh, meat or whatever it was. Now, we have a unique situation that happens in this gathering because in this particular story we're going to read about in a second, it was a private gathering. So this, this home didn't have a servant ready to wash the feet of the guests. So listen to what happens. A, a guy by the name of John, there are four people who wrote about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and John gives us the account of this story and this incident. He says in John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5, you can read along up on the screen if you like, or you can follow along if you've got a Bible app or a Bible with you. 
John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5, he says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So Jesus knew who he was. And yet he still got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And then after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now imagine what that must have been like in that moment. All of the disciples thinking, oh, this is so embarrassing. Why is Jesus washing our feet? He shouldn't be doing this. I think every disciple was probably thinking, why didn't I think of that? I should have, I should have thought to do that. And, and each disciple is probably very aware as they kind of look over uh, at Jesus doing this, that, man, I, I stepped right by that. I've got an amazing wife, Casey. She's fantastic, and uh, she's a great wife, great mother to our children. And one of her pet peeves is um, she'll come into the house sometimes, and, and as she comes in through the back door, just right there in the middle of the floor, just right in the middle of the kitchen, there's like a backpack or a hoodie or a book bag or something. And she's like, seriously? That what? Did, did no one think to pick this up? And she'll call the kids and she'll be like, seriously, it's right in the... Some of you stepped over this to get to where you had to go. I mean, you had to like find a way over this rather than just picking it up and putting it where it was meant to go. Who did you think was going to pick it up? That's right, me. You know, she'll say, it's me. I'm the one that has to pick these things up and put them away. This, this isn't on. Come on, kids. You know where this goes. And I'm, I'm there shaking my head going, I know, kids, huh? She's like, you stepped over the backpack. You came in as well. If It's your backpack. And these, these are conversations we have a lot, you know. But, um, but the truth is, it drives her crazy that, that we, not only that we, do we not do the stuff we're meant to do and put the stuff away we're meant to put away, but that others can step over it and just completely ignore it. Now, I'm sure there are wives and mothers out here today going, oh, I'm glad it's not like that in my house. My family are great. They pick up everything. But the reality is, I think that's kind of what happened with the disciples. I think when they arrived, the first one, he may have walked in the room and he saw the bowl and he saw the water and he looked around and he realized there was no servant here and he's like, ah, oh, this is awkward. Because I could stop right now and wash my own feet real quick because they need a wash. <laughs> They're a bit stinky. But uh, if I get down there and I start washing my feet... The next guy's going to come in. He's going to think, I'm the guy, and I'll have to wash it. Someone else will do it. I'll step by this, and I'm sure someone else will get it. And I think the next one came in, and the same thought crossed his mind. Until finally, all of them were around the table, and no one had washed anyone's feet. And at that point, Jesus steps up. And he starts to wash the disciples' feet. And as he does... This is the kind of questionable um, acts that Jesus would do. This is the kind of questionable life that he would live because Peter cannot believe what he's seeing. It gets to Peter's turn and, and Jesus bends down to start to wash Peter's feet and Peter's like, whoa. In verse six, he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? Peter couldn't wrap his head around this. He's like, why would Jesus wash my feet? This is my master. This is who I want to follow. And he wants to wash my feet. I should be washing his feet. But you see, Jesus is capturing this moment. He's using this situation not only to deal with a hygiene issue and to make dinner a little bit nicer that night. Jesus realizes there's an opportunity to teach my followers, to teach my disciples a very important lesson here. I have a moment here that I can teach them a very crucial lesson that they will never, ever forget. 
Listen to what he says in verses 12 through 17. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to pay attention. I want you to do what I've done for you. Because very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This was such a huge teachable moment for Jesus, the master, the rabbi, their leader to, to teach them. Because this was a culture where religious leaders would have lorded themselves over everyone. They would have expected to be served. They would never stoop so low as to serve someone else. They were way above that. After all, this was the job of servants. And I think when those disciples looked down into Jesus' eyes, knelt down before them, washing their feet, that moment was burned into their consciousness forever. What it felt like to be served by someone who truly should have been served himself. And I have to believe that that impacted the way they lived forevermore. I have to believe that that impacted the way they led and the way they treated other people. But in this series, we're not just looking at the life of Jesus and his questionable life, although that in itself is amazing as you study more about Jesus and how he just went against culture in so many different areas. But we're going a little bit further. We're asking, well, how can we follow Jesus' examples? I can see here in this story what he was trying to teach the disciples. This was a culture where leaders expected to be served and no one would serve. And it was a very subservient kind of situation. And for a leader to serve in that way was very countercultural. I get that. That's awesome, Jesus, that you did that. But, but how does that affect me? What would this look like in, in my life? Well, the truth is, I don't think we live in that much of a different society today. I think there's a lot of us who, who have expectations. We, we expect to be served. We expect to be looked after. And maybe for some of us, it's a bit of a stretch to have to want to serve someone else. We've kind of put ourselves up in like a bit of a pecking order. But you see, a questionable life is living life differently. And if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, then I think your life should be different than that of your neighbor who maybe isn't a follower of Jesus. It should look different. And you might say, well, my life does look different. I go to church every Sunday. And that's great. I do think that's made you different. But do you know, only to some of your neighbors, because I think there are some others of your neighbors who go to church every Sunday too and may behave very differently during the week. I think it takes more than just going to church on a Sunday. You see, throughout this series, we're, we're looking at what it looks like to um, have a questionable life in the area of forgiveness and anger. And this morning, in the idea of serving. What would it look like if, if our life, people were asking questions because the way that we served, we had a, a questionable kind of serving attitude. If we were somebody that said, I don't just attend church, I serve at church. I'm actually a part of a group that doesn't just turn up on a Sunday and sit down. I'm a part of a group that actually makes church happen. That guy up on the stage, there's dozens of people behind him that are helping make all of this happen. And I'm part of that team. I'm a volunteer. 
Now, I know some of you right now, you're starting to squirm a little bit in your seat because you're like, okay, I see where he's going here. So, oh, this is going to be awkward. You got that feeling of like when you went on that vacation and it just seemed like such a great price. And you're like, this is amazing. This is a beautiful resort. I can't believe the deal we got. And you check in and they're like, now you will have to attend a presentation. It's only going to be 90 minutes and uh, there'll be breakfast. And you're like, ah, it's a timeshare. <laughs> That's the feeling you're getting right now in this message this morning. Well, I'm not going to hammer you with a 90-minute brainwashing kind of hard sell. It's only going to be 15 minutes. Um, But I am going to use my greatest skills of persuasion, my gifts of communication, to try and let you know why I think the idea of serving, in fact, the idea of serving here at Connect is such a big deal. And that's what I want to kind of share with you this morning in light of the example that Jesus gave us when he washed the disciples' feet. You see, I've got these two chairs on this stage here. And what you may not have realized uh, before you started attending Connect was that we actually had a chair here for you. There was a chair already here for you, and it had your name on it. Before you ever stepped foot in this building, before you ever came for the very first time, there was already a chair here waiting for you, and that chair had your name on it. We were expecting you. We were believing that you would come. We were praying that you would show up. And when you came that very first time and you thought you were just kind of picking a random chair, you didn't realize that that chair you sat down in, that chair had your name in it. And now every week you sit in that same chair, don't you? You get here early to make sure that you can save that chair and sit in that chair. In fact, some of you right now are looking across at someone who sat in the chair you normally sit in. And and it's distracting you right now, but it's okay. It's okay because we move the names around. It's still your chair where you're sat right now. But the truth is, we had a chair with your name in it. So for some of you, when you arrived at Connect, this is a very unique journey. Because for you, maybe you, you grew up in church or maybe you went to church when you were a kid, but, but life changed and for whatever reason, as a teenager maybe, you just kind of stopped going. And for most of your adult life, church really wasn't a part of your life. Maybe Christmas, maybe Easter, but um, you re- weren't really a regular church attender. And then over the last few months and years, some things started to happen. Some people started to talk to you about Connect. This one friend just kept inviting you and said, you should come and check out my church. And you're like, okay, I'm busy this week. I'm busy this week. But they kept inviting you, and then someone else was talking about it. And finally, you're like, okay, okay, I'll come. I'll, I'll come along. I'll, I'll give it one try. And in your mind, you're like, I'll just go once. They'll stop inviting me. I know I'm not going to enjoy it. I'll just go check it out. And you arrived that morning. You drove into the parking lot, and you're out there in the middle school. You're like, okay, I've, I think I've been here before, and, and you're like, it's not too late. I could keep driving. <laughs> I could turn around now, go home, but, but you didn't. You parked, and you came in, and as you were walking into the lobby, you were already thinking of four or five reasons why you knew you weren't going to like it here, why you knew church wasn't for you, and why you knew this would be the first and last time you'd ever attend this place. And you came in, and, and you were kind of surprised. You looked around, there were some people wearing jeans. There was a lot of people wearing jeans, actually. And you're like, well, that's kind of a relaxed atmosphere. There was some music playing. And then suddenly, across the lobby, you catch eyes with someone who you know. It's maybe a friend of yours in the community, someone you're like, oh, surprised to see them here. And they look at you, and you don't know this, but they're like, wow, surprised to see them here. <laughs> So 
So you came in and you, you sat down and, and when you walked in the gym, you're like, now this is weird. This is not what I was expecting. There's no pews. The lights are kind of down. There's lights. There's a drum kit up there. There are people playing. And, and you kind of sat down. You're kind of a little bit unsure what's going on, but people seem to be happy and enjoying being here. And you're looking around. There's some smiles on faces. And then the guy starts singing the first song. And this is very new to you. You're looking around because the music's a bit louder, but it's quite a, uh, a catchy song. And you like this song, but you're still not really sure what's going on. You're looking around and there's a guy down here at the front who appears to have a question and he's got his hand up and no one's answering the question and you're not really sure and there's another person over there, she's got two questions and you're like, I'm, I'm just not really sure about some of this but people seem to be enjoying being here and this isn't quite as, as, as weird as, it's weird but it's a little bit different than what I thought it'd be like and then, then the guy gets up to speak and you're like, well I've been to, I remember going to a church once before, I didn't understand a word that guy was talking about so uh, this guy starts to speak and again you don't understand a word he says because of the way he says it but once you kind of tune into that weird accent of his, you're like, you know what? I actually do understand what he's talking about. And he's talking about the Bible, but he's kind of making it practical here. And it sort of applies to my life. And, and you left that day. And you know what? You didn't hate it. And that's a win for us, okay? You left that day and you didn't hate it. And you even thought, I might go back there. And you came again and again. And then you made the, the biggest mistake of your life. You brought your kids with you and you let them go into Connect Kids. And that was it. The deal was sealed. I mean, they came out afterwards going, Mom, Dad, this is brilliant. We've got to come here every... Well, they may not say brilliant. I just said brilliant. This is awesome. And um, they said, we've got to come back here every week. And before you know it, you're coming every week. And you're becoming a regular attendee. You are becoming a regular attendee of Connect Church. And now you're starting to get a little bit more connected. You, you maybe start going to a small group. You start to make some more friends here. And then you do the unthinkable. You invite one of your friends. And for the very first time, you invite a friend and you arrive at church with that friend. And you experience what your friend felt the first time you came. I hope everything goes right this morning. I hope the band sings some songs. That, I hope Dave doesn't preach on money. Don't preach on money this week, Dave. This is my friend's first time coming. Please don't preach on giving or, or serving or volunteering. And you, you bring in that friend and because you're kind of thinking, I want them to enjoy it like I did the first time that they come. And they actually enjoyed it too. Maybe they became a regular intender. And before you know it, you're coming on a regular basis and you're an insider. You're one of us. You're part of the Connect Church family. Because we had a seat with your name on it. And when you arrived and you felt comfortable in that seat, you're like, I want to continue to come here. Now, some of you, your experience was a little bit different. You came for the very first time, but when you arrived, you were already all in. This, this church thing, this, this Jesus thing, you were all in. You'd, you'd already experienced this. Maybe you were a part of a church already and you were driving a long distance, like hours and hours to Peoria every Sunday. And you're like, man, there's a church in Washington that I could go to that's not going to take me half a day to, you know, so maybe you started coming to connect and, and maybe you had some church experience and, and you came in and you kind of knew what was going on. When you arrived, you knew that, oh, that I'll look for the kids' check-in because they'll be somewhere here to check in my kids. There it is. I'll check in my kids because I'm sure they've got activities for my kids here. And you, you came in and you, you recognized some of the music. You're sitting there going, oh, Hillsong. I like Hillsong. They're doing a Hillsong song. I like Hillsong. <laughs> some of you still don't know what a Hillsong song is, but we do Hillsong songs here. And some of you come in, you're like, I like that. You knew that when we spoke about Joseph, that there were two of them. One who had a really pretty coat and lived a long time ago, and one who was the father of Jesus and didn't live quite as long ago. But you knew there was more than one Joseph. 
You knew that October was Pastor Appreciation Month. You still ask yourself when you're making some choices, WWJD. And you know what that stands for. Because when you came, you had some, you've got the bracelet. You, you've got some experience of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. See, when you arrived, you also, you were an insider. But then it came that moment where you and your family, you decided to make this your home church. And you too became a regular attendee. You found your chair. You found that there was a chair here with your name on it and your spouse's name on it. And and the kids had chairs with their name on it. And you thought, man, I like it. This is going to be our family's church. But whichever journey you took to be here, if you're here this morning and you're now a regular attendee, here's where I want to challenge you. I need your help to prepare for someone who hasn't found their chair yet. You see, we've still got chairs available with people's name on. There is a chair right now sitting empty with someone's name on it. It could be your friend, your neighbor. It could be someone you work with, someone you've never met. But there is a chair in this room with someone's name on it. They haven't shown up yet. There are kids of families who have a chair and they've not arrived yet. Right now, there's someone who's heard about this church on Facebook. Maybe they've driven by and seen the flags outside, or they've, they've heard a friend talking about it, and they're thinking of coming to check it out. And they don't know that we've got a chair for them ready with their name on it. Right now, there is a wife who comes here on a regular basis, and she's praying that her husband will come with her. There is someone here who's praying and asking God, God, would you bring that relative who I keep asking, would you let them say yes to those invitations? There are some kids who came along with another family and they loved it. And now they've gone home and they're like, Mom, Dad, we want to go to this church that our friends took us to. You should bring us this. It's at the middle school and they do donuts, free donuts. Have we told you about the donuts yet? And they're badgering their moms and dads saying, come along. Right now there is a teenager on a Wednesday night who hangs out with some of these guys over here. And he goes to connect youth, or she goes to connect youth, but her family, their family, don't attend church. And they know that their friends are here on a Sunday because their families bring them. And they wish that their mom and dad would come with them. And there is a chair here waiting for them with their name on it. They're coming. I don't know when and I don't know who, but I know a time will come where they'll say, okay, I'll give it a go. I'll give it one shot. I'll go and check it out. And just like some of you who thought you'd give it one shot, they're going to come. So knowing this, I've got one simple request. Would you provide for others what others have provided for you? If you're here this morning, you're a regular attendee, would you provide for others what others have provided for you? You know, over the last couple of years, we've seen so many volunteers who have stepped up and, and helped in so many different areas. They've come early to help set up. They've stayed late to help tear down. They've helped with the kids. They've helped with the production, with the lights, with the sound. All because they wanted to provide an environment that welcomed you in. And when you came and when you arrived here, you're like, this isn't too too bad. And as time went on, God started to work in your life. And you started to hear messages spoken. And you were like, who is talking to that guy? How does he know about what I'm going Because it's like every week what he says has something to do with me. Like, is somebody telling him about my life? And God started to work in your life. And some of you have stepped up and, and gone public with this new faith that you have and got baptized. 
and said, I want to be a part of Connect Church. Band members, hospitality team, production people, these people stepped up. And I'm asking now, for those of you who are regular attendees who maybe haven't stepped up yet, would you please provide for others what others have provided for you? Now, I know at some of you at this point, because of my speaking skills, you're like, all right, enough. Stop the waterboarding. <laughs> I'm in. Give me a baby. Give me a diaper. I'll do something. <laughs> But before you sign up, let me, just, let me just do one last thing for you. I, wanna, I want you to meet a friend of mine here. Would you welcome Todd? Todd's going to come up on the uh, stage here. Let's give a little round of applause. for. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. So, uh, Todd, I'm sure there's many here who don't know you. So just give us a little bit of your story. Uh, growing up, churchgoer, that kind of thing. How you come to connect? Yeah, so... Um... I grew up going to church. I've always believed in God, uh, so all the way through high school, it was kind of a regular thing for my family and I to do. Um, you know, but then of course, going into high school and college years, partying, it wasn't like a big part of my life because I, I basically slept through church as a child. It was pretty pretty boring to me. It was the pews and and the, the average age of the congregation was probably fifty or sixty years old, and I was young, and, and it didn't matter to me. So, fast forward so many years to my life when I discover who God is, and, and, um, and it was, it was a, a thing where my wife and I, we were going to church and <clears throat> basically trying to find a church that we could call home and, and then connect with people, and so it's been a challenge for me because I'm not always the um, most approachable person in the world, and, and I'm not good at making good rela- new relationships, so, um, so we kind of church hop in the Peoria area for a while, and, um, and then we were going to a church in Morton, and then Dave came and, and said, hey, we're launching Connect, and so we lived in Washington, we decided let's go to a more local church and check this thing out. And, um, and then as, as we started, I, I knew in my heart that I wanted to try to, to volunteer and, and connect with, with people. And so when I started to do that at Connect, it then became my home church. So here I am. Awesome. Now, one of the areas you help us in, Todd, is uh, in setup. So Todd's actually in charge of that team. So twice a, twice a month, uh, every other Sunday, he gets here at 7, stays till about 8.30, and you help uh, with a team of guys setting all this up. And uh, that must be awful. Is that really hard? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, um, honestly, it was, it was um, basically, we, we, the first time I did it, we had so much fun. And I say that wholeheartedly. It was I, I expected work, right? I mean, you see everything we do here um, inside this room and outside in the, in the foyer there and then the kids set up and all. It's a lot of work. So, uh, but what was amazing to me and what, what I wanted to test myself to do was to, to learn who these people are that do this now. It was the questionable life piece. I mean, I wanted to know why someone would, to, would serve and do this. So, um, so, you know, we started... We, we, uh, I, I met people, connected with people, learned their story, shared my story, um, and to be honest, we have a, a blast, and I, I, I look forward to setting up every, every, every other Sunday now. Um, I got one buddy that I, I, I usually carpool with, and I always joke, we talk about movies all the time, because he's a movie, movie buff, but a lot of times we bring up Selena Gomez, because he likes to sing, so <laughs> we'll get him singing Selena Gomez, uh, a little air supply sometimes. I think this morning was Digital Underground, so if you guys are familiar <laughs> with any pop culture from the past 80s and 90s, we get some funny things going. So we've had a, we have a blast every time we do so. Whatever it takes to get the job done. Um, <laughs> and actually, being our second service crowd, you're our uh, easygoing, late, late, 
Day Sunday people. So uh, we also have a teardown team as well, who after second service, we have just as much fun and sing just as many songs. <laughs> so uh, opportunities there too. But Todd, what's unique about you as well is that you don't just help with the setup. There's another area at Connect you serve. You're pretty crazy. And your t-shirt gives us a clue as to what that is. Tell us about that. Yeah. I, um, so once I started doing the setup team, I got an email from Miss Alicia, who runs our kids program and um, just asked if I'd be interested in doing kids setup. And I'm a father of four kids myself. Uh, my youngest is three. I got a six-year-old, uh, 12-year-old, and 13-year-old. So uh, I'm familiar with children. Uh, but like I said earlier, I, I slept through church as a kid. So for me, I wanted to think, well, you know what? I'd like to go back to Sunday school and learn kind of the children's versions of the, the Bible stories. And so it, it helps me. Um, but at the same time, I love my kids. And I can love everybody's kids. It has a, we have a blast. So, um, so yeah, I do. I teach the four and five year old kids, um, and we do a lot of cool, fun crafts. Do a lot of fun games, and we act silly, sing songs, all the good stuff. So we always have so much fun doing that too. Brilliant. So just in closing, if you could say something to people out here who maybe are considering thinking about volunteering, aren't sure, what would that be? <clears throat> well, basically, you know, going back to what I said previously, I was always reluctant to to do things like this because it's a stretch for me. I'm not. I'm not great at making, making new relationships, and so, um, so I was challenging myself and my faith especially to connect with people who are coming to church serving regularly now, um, and so uh, I encourage you, if you've ever had the thought or, or challenged yourself with the thought of doing something like that, just do it. I, honestly, it, it's, don't think about it. Do it. It's fun. It's work, but it's fun. We have a blast. Um, and I've made some of the greatest relationships I've had with just coming here and doing, doing that. So um, some of the people even in the crowd, it's like, I may not have spoken to you otherwise. I, I, and it's just because I'm you know, anxious or scared or whatever. Just if you've had the thought of doing it, give it a shot. It's fun. We have a blast. Awesome. Thank you very much. Todd Smith, well done. You know, I wanted Todd to talk because we've chatted a lot, he and I, uh, over the last few months and years, and um, he's, he's, he's one like many volunteers who serve here, and there are so many. I, the, the one drawback sometimes with bringing one person up is you almost want to bring everyone up and tell you the, the guy who was out this morning putting the flags in, in freezing cold, skirting away the snow to try and find the little hole we put them in, and the person who was back making coffee all morning long back in the kitchen, and, and people who are changing diapers right now, just so many great people doing so many great things, but um, in my conversations with Todd, I'm always excited because I just see that spark in his eye of how he's growing as a follower of Christ, how this is part of his learning process. He loves coming on a Sunday and sitting in the service, but there's a different way in which he grows when he's serving. In Connect Kids, he's getting to learn about the Bible through the eyes of a child, and he loves that. And I want you to see that, you know, there is an element, and I should have preempted this at the beginning. The truth is, some of you are sitting here right now going, Dave, I've heard you talk about this before. You have. And I'll talk about it again. This will be one of those messages that probably once a year, once every couple of years, we'll bring before, before the congregation. Because it's a great opportunity to get involved to connect. It's a great opportunity to, to spread your wings a little bit, especially if you're a new follower of Jesus, to get more involved and to, to say, you know, this is how I can grow and become more connected. And I've made a few friends coming on a Sunday for an hour, but to get in with another team of people in another area and get to know some more people, that's a wonderful way to get connected. So we will share this from time to time. Because we're talking about, in this series, a questionable life. And in this series of Questionable Life, we're, we're talking about what it looks like to live differently, 
to live a life that causes those around us to ask questions. Going to church, that is different, and that can raise some questions. But let's be honest, there's a lot of people across the United States this morning who are going to church. Attending a church and being a part of making that church happen every week. Showing up at 7 o'clock to help for an hour and a half and then going home to get your family to come back for service. Coming to a service and sitting in this morning and then staying during the next service to help with the kids. To impact the lives of those children. Standing in the parking lot on a day like today to greet people who may be here for the very first time. That's questionable. That's the kind of behavior that can cause people to say, why would you do that? Why would you want to serve in that way? Well, because as a follower of Jesus, this is what I've learned. Giving you the opportunity to share with someone your story. So here's what we're going to do to close out. On your seats right now, you see them every week, these orange cards, and you thought they were just for brand new people. Well, they're not just for brand new people. They're for you too. Because on this seat, there's a spot here on the front for your name and address. And we're going to pause in just a second to give you a little bit of time to fill this out. Because on the back of this card, there are some boxes. One of those boxes that's highlighted on the screen is, I would like to get involved at Connect. Tell me how. Yeah, I was reading that upside down. Tell me how. Well, we want to tell you how. If you've got the app on your phone, the Connect Church app, there's a place that says volunteer. You can click right on there and put your name and your address and even select some boxes. So here's what I want you to do this morning. We're going to take a second here to give you a little bit of time. I'm going to see if the lights guys can just bring up the lights a little bit so people can see to write, but not too much because I don't want them to feel awkward that now I can see whether they are writing or not. So kind of halfway between the two. Um, but I want you to write on there, and you may already know, you know what, I've been thinking about serving in this area for a while, and you can just write on the cards, I'd like to get involved in Connect, tell me how you can just write kids, or set up, or tear down, or hospitality is what we call the area out in the foyer where people do the greeting, and the donuts, and the coffee, and, and you can kind of write something down, or you could leave it um, blank for now, and someone will contact you this week and say, hey, can I tell you about some of the areas, and maybe try and help you fit in the right spot, and you may try and serve somewhere for a little bit, and that doesn't really work, and then you, you try somewhere else until you really find that sweet spot, you'll find that many of the people that serve here at Connect on a regular basis love what they do. It's not just about the fact that they serve, it's where they serve. Todd's so right that the group who come here and set up every Sunday morning, they're just cracking jokes and you wouldn't believe with the amount of work they do, how much fun they have getting it all ready. So take a moment now and you can write out that card, you can use the app, fill those things out, and then when we're done, as you leave the auditorium this morning, there'll be a couple of people by the doors, they'll have baskets ready. And as you're writing those cards out right now, I'm going to just uh, give a little shout out to uh, uh, a great group. You know, something that's very unique about Connect Church is, is before we ever had a group just for these guys here, our teenagers, before our youth group, Connect Youth, started on a Wednesday night, there was opportunities for them to serve. So many of these middle schoolers and high schoolers, they served here at Connect before they were part of Connect Youth. So now some of them, they'll, they'll be in this service now, but in second service, they'll be serving somewhere. They'll be helping with kids. Some of them were here early, setting up the lights. There are some of these kids that know how to do some of this technology stuff that none of us know. <laughs> if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't get done. They're amazing. So we're very fortunate. We've got a great group of people here at Connect. So let me close out just one last time with that thought that somewhere in this room, there was a chair that had your name on it. 
months ago, maybe years ago, people got here and set up this environment because they knew you were coming to create that opportunity for you to enjoy this service. I want to ask if you would be willing to provide for others what others provided for you. Would you provide for others what others provided for you? Would you look for a way to serve? And, and unlike the disciples, don't just step over the bowl and go in. But pick up the towel, pick up the water, and look for a way to serve. Let's pray. Father, I know that sometimes they can kind of come across as a sales pitch or a self-serving, like this benefits me if I can get more people to help. But the reality is, Lord, in my own life, I'm the pastor of Connect Church, but I can remember years and years ago when I first became a follower of Jesus at this church I attended in Sutton, Surrey. The guy who oversaw the kids coming up to me and saying, hey, would you come along and help with this club that we do on Friday nights out on the estate? Just kick a soccer ball around, throw a frisbee, just hang out with these kids. And God, that was the first time I'd ever served in a church, and I loved it. I loved playing with those kids, and it led to more and more. And, and here I stand today, Lord, tracing back my, my service to you to a, a kids' group on a Friday night. It changed me, Lord. I grew in my relationship with you. I pray for those here this morning who have maybe been regular attendees for a while now but haven't found a place to serve, that they would step out to provide for others what someone provided for them. But in doing so, Lord, they would get to experience that unique ability that you've given them played out in their lives. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.